This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again in studio with Jim Sebastio. Jim, thanks for being here. Good to see you. Thanks, Brian. Good to see you. So we're going to jump right in the topic in a minute. Before we do that, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. If this podcast has been helpful to you in any way, would you go to iTunes and write a review for us? Helps us grow, helps spread the word of the podcast. And on that note, if you've been helped by this ministry in general, Practical Shepherding, if you go to practicalshepherding.com, you can go to the donate page there and leave a donation. It's tax deductible, and it is a big help to us to continue to do what we are doing. Jim, we've been uh, we've been gone a few weeks now, so it's good to jump back into to not just podcast the podcast, but just going back to the format, the topics that we uh, try to tackle. Last month we did uh, two podcast episodes on the history of practical shepherding, and we've appreciated the response of many of you and the support you've given us through the last ten years. But we are ready to to just keep plugging forward and and to try to see what God wants us to do this next year and in the coming years for our topic. For this particular episode, we wanted to pick something that we could assume every single pastor on the planet would be affected by. And I think we accomplished that. And the topic today is going to be about pastoral criticism or how does a pastor deal with criticism in his church? Every pastor has been criticized in one way or another. Now, as Jim and I talked about this, we we established I'm never criticized, so we thought we should do like a Q and A. I would interview Jim, you interview me who's been heavily I have criticized. Been. I've been heavily right, but <laughs> no, that's you're right. not right. No, we both have been heavily criticized through the years at different times, as each of you have. And this is a part of the pastoral work that can be really consuming, and that's why we say every pastor deals with this. So we want to be able to tackle this at least to try to talk about a few things we're going to the next episode is going to even feed off of what we're going to talk about in this episode uh, so we'll get to that in, in a little bit jim will you set up for us just biblically how do we start to begin to th- just think through as a pastor when people criticize us thinking through criticism in general what is god doing in the midst of that what are we how are we supposed to process it what kind of biblical text should we be thinking about I think there's a couple of things that I would want to deal with, Brian, and one of them, we didn't actually talk about this beforehand, but but comes to mind is the biblical qualification that pastors be sober-minded men. Mm. And the essence of sobriety is the ability to think clearly and in accordance with truth so that mountains are mountains, molehills are molehills, right. so that you accurately understand this is a dangerous thing, this is not a dangerous thing, this is going to be a problem, this really isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. And when we are criticized, particularly when we start our ministries, we come in, we have an earnest desire. I believe good-hearted pastors here, young men, you have a desire to come in. All you want to do, you want to do the, give the word. You want to love people. You want to serve them. You you want to, you, you work all week to prepare a message for them. And then you immediately get hit within sometimes your very first Sunday that sermon's too long, it's too short, it's too dense, it's uh, too fluffy, nobody can understand you, you're boring, uh, you're out of touch, uh, nobody here wants to hear that. It's Whatever it is, you begin to get that, and our former pastor did it this way, or I thought we would be this kind of a church, you're too young, you're too old, you're too fat, you're too thin, whatever it is that 
and you're immediately faced not with pastor thank you for laboring you know for our, our our good we're praying for you we love you we support you but it feels immediately like i have antagonists i have people out to get me and so we need to be able to think clearly about that because we read in the word of god obviously jesus was heavily criticized mm. uh and he was <laughs> condemned for all kinds of things even instead right. of him he was demon possessed right. uh, he was accused of being a wine bibber and a glutton he was accused of being a blasphemer that was openly out there that charge was openly out there and uh, those the, didn't have any shred of truth to them and, and that had no had shred of truth to them at yep. all the apostle paul was was criticized there was actually right. you know anti-paul ministries and they were without twitter and without facebook and other things that got out there uh rumors about paul uh paul hates jews uh paul's a legalist paul's an antinomian paul doesn't care about you the corinthians had people come in paul doesn't really love you paul doesn't really care about you yeah and so there are times when that criticism is false but there are other times the word of god would tell us that you know the wise in heart receive commands uh, from proverbs 10 wise people listen to counsel right uh it is fools who reject any kind of criticism yep and so to build barriers and to build walls and to say i'm above criticism how dare you criticize me don't you know what i've done for you etc to be hurt or to be angry or to be defensive all the time or on the other hand to simply say well that's it they're right i am i'm a complete failure i'm both too long and too short i'm too simple and too dense you know whatever it is that we beat ourselves up with criticism has a way of 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 uh, detracting us from what we're called to do, emotionally crippling us, handcuffing us from feeling liberty publicly or privately in dealing with people because we're always fearful. Really, it's a sense of the fear of man. What are people going to say about me? Yeah. So uh, that's kind of, I think, the yeah. background of it. Now, does that resonate? I don't know with you, Brian. Of that, I'm really talking a lot out of I mean, I'm not giving specifics of my own self. There were some of those, but some of it, I, I guess I am. But I, I, you, you know what it's like to get that. And yeah, and I think the what we need to put on the table as we start this discussion is there seems to be two primarily bad ways to receive criticism, I found. And it usually depends on the way that we're wired. We either are, are pridefully defend ourselves right. or we internalize this self-loathing pity party of right. ourself. Yep. And so I just want to put that on the table for those who are listening because you probably have a propensity to one or the other in a natural fashion. We'll we'll do both. I do both. I but, do both. <clears throat> I do both simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. So I I think there's going to be a mix of things. But again, just the pastors who are listening, as you begin to try to evaluate how you handle criticism, because we all have it, but we've got to. The key is to figure out how to process, and we're going to get to that in a minute. Before we do that, though, Jim, let's let's share a couple of, of things or a couple of criticisms that maybe you and I have received through the years, uh, not to each other, but we've got people from, from the church sure. and uh, what that were particularly painful. Mm. Uh, so can you maybe mention, once you mention one that comes to mind that was particularly painful to you? Yeah. And, and Brian, we shared earlier when we were preparing for this, that there's a sense here, I want to be I want to be I want to be helpfully open, but in a sense opaque because I I don't want to use this as a platform to to you know diss somebody who who had problems with me and people have had you know there yeah. are people 
I, I, you know, I have 150 to 200 former members, and some of those are folks that have left because they've moved, and some have had theological issues, some have had uh, moral things that they've been disciplined for, but some of them have left because they didn't like our leadership and like the yeah. way we did things and the, and because i'm i've had a primary leadership that's kind of fallen on me mm-hmm. and so being told for instance that you know the, the basic incompetence you know that's really what it gets down to yeah. you're a bad shepherd you're you you don't know you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. uh this is not what a shepherd does or being told that you're not loving Mm. Or you don't care about us, and the reason we're leaving is you don't care about us, and that cuts at the very core of who you are. It's almost like they know they know how they to, know like to that's cut into the that. nerve. Yeah. That's the nerve yeah. to press. If I want to hurt you, mm-hmm. if I want you to feel undone, you know, because you think to yourself sometimes, all right, I may not be the greatest of this or that in the world, but. I love my I love my people, and I'm willing to serve my people. I'm yep. willing to spend and be spent, and to be told, uh, no, you didn't do that. Or, and and, and at times, legitimately, I, I it, right. it, it's hurtful. But there's a difference in how that criticism comes. I've had somebody say to me, you know, they'd been through a crisis, and they sat down. They said, I "Just, I'm not sharing this to hurt you, but I am sharing this to help you." Where they say, you know, there were there were ways in which you were not there for us, in in this way, this way, and this way, yeah, right. in a very difficult time, right. And we're not bitter, we're not angry, but we think, you know, that's very how that hurts. Mm-hmm. You're, that's wounding in in regard to because you 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 hurt somebody you never intended to hurt, right? You you did fail, and mm-hmm. but they're they're very gracious about it. Others come at you in a more combative way. And, uh, and, and you know what you've done and you think to yourself, well, do I, do I defend myself? Do I bring out my calendar and show how often I was involved in this circumstance right. and situation? Does, you know, cause pride and hurt and all, all this battle that goes on in the soul. But yeah, being told you don't love us, you weren't there for us. That, that's some of the most painful criticisms to receive in ministry. Yeah. I think for me, one in the early years, I was told that I was not a very engaging preacher and easy to listen to. Okay, and that hurt. Yeah, because sure, I'm pouring. My, now I'm, I look back, and I think that's the other thing to realize about criticism is I think one of the things that makes it hurt as I think about the criticisms that have hurt more than others is there's a grain of truth in them. Sure, and and I think that that's what it really presses into. So this is in the first couple of years, and I'm trying to learn how to preach. I'm still trying yeah. to figure this out. I had not had any kind of – I had a teaching ministry at a church, but I had not preached sermons regularly. But you still want to be doing – you still want to do well. You still want people to like you and like what you're doing. And I had – I got criticisms about my preaching in the early years that were really hard to hear. And my, my way of dealing with it was to dismiss it. Mm. But 10 years after – I look back and see that the criticisms were incredibly valid mm-hmm. as I look and saw how I, how I grew. And, had, and, and so I think that's the thing to remember is that the, the two things that seem to make a criticism hurt the most is either the level of truth in them mm-hmm. and the, the, the other side is um, how it, it just it shows you that you have uh, you've poured into something, but it wasn't good enough. Right. And I think, the, for me at least personally, those are the two things that, that make a criticism hurt the most. I mean, if you come and criticize how tall I am, 
It's not going to hurt my feeling. I'm right. not tall. You know, right. I just that that I'm not, I can't do anything about that. It's like, right. but but when somebody comes to you and says, you know, I don't like listening to your preaching. I don't connect with you when you're preaching, and you spent all week pouring yourself into do and that very thing, begging God to help you. That's where criticisms are hard. So if you're listening to this, and and what I think is really important for you to take away from this episode as you're listening to this is to b- grow aware of why the criticisms hurt, uh, because there's different reasons. There's different reasons for that. Right. So, uh, Jim, let's let's think about um, is any any other quick one that comes to your mind a criticism that that uh, that was really hard to hear. Yeah, again, Brian, I, there's there's a number of them that come to mind, but I'm I'm thinking you know it, for me, it, it's it's mostly been in regard to shepherding, you, shepherding, stuff. and, and not, you know you yeah, yeah, not you were yeah, yeah right you were not you're not good you weren't you weren't good enough you you should have. You know, you've been too quick. You're too slow. You're too kind. You're too you're too harsh. You know, all of those different. And it's depending on the criticism. It's it's one side or the other. But because again, you you love people and you're committed to. I mean, my commitment is: you become a member of my church. I'm, I I will live for you. I'll die for you. I yeah. I, I will. There's going to be one preacher said long ago. If a wolf comes in, there's either going to be a dead wolf or a dead shepherd, but there's not going to be a dead sheep. That's how you feel. Yeah, and then being yeah. told by people, in, in some cases, you, you know, and you say, yeah, there's elements that are right. Now, you weren't mm-hmm. there. You weren't You weren't as and, – and it can really be – it can really be crushing. I think if we are – pastors ought to have a degree of sensitivity. We ought not to be hard-hearted men. Yeah. And, and I think we ought to feel that. Uh, but so, what do we do when we? What do you do when either you feel crushed or you feel ruined? Have you ever? Did you ever feel like quitting, Brian? And think, well, maybe I ought to just. This isn't what I'm cut out to do. Did you ever feel that? So I, I want to say that I can't say that that that's been my reaction time. I've had some really low, discouraging moments, and and I think every pastor has questioned that at some point. It's like, wow, is, I mean, am I this bad at this that I need to just go right. do something else? I think everybody listening to this has had that uh, that feeling, but and I know guys that have legitimately struggled often with that, and so that's why we want to talk about. I think we want let's turn to how we we process right. um, th- these kind of things because how we process criticism is going to determine how much we actually grow from it, right. or if it becomes something that that we don't grow from. Even we harbor bitterness and we become more jaded even right. towards the congregation. Right. So. Jim, how do we begin to process? So we've gotten criticism. We've acknowledged the two unhealthy ways, uh, and and I would say simple responses to criticism is is a prideful defense mm-hmm. or a a uh, crushing self loathing. I think both of those right. dishonor the Lord. Right. So how do we begin to process when we do get criticism to try to sort through if it's legitimate or not? Right. All right. So I think the first thing, Brian, is we need to be able to have, we, we need, first of all, to avoid that sin of that self-defense. Of mm-hmm. this. You know, there was something uh, about the Lord Jesus that was so approachable that people felt free to criticize him. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, Mar- uh, um, you know, coming in, you know, w- w- tell my sister to help me. You know, that she felt free to, uh, Martha felt free to criticize Jesus. Um Jesus says he's going to die, and Peter says, "Oh no, you're not." You know, there's some people you don't say that around. You you don't ever correct them. There are bosses people have had, and, and it doesn't matter what they've said. You know, I'm not going to say anything because they're going to lay into me. Right. Jesus had an approachability. Uh, enemies felt free to criticize him. Friends felt free to criticize. And so I think we have to have a righteous approachability that says if you got a problem, 
I, you ought to know you can share that with me or with us as elders, that we are not going to dismiss you. You're not going to become a public. Uh, we're not going mm-hmm. to mock you publicly. We're not going to throw you out of the church if you criticize us. Before you go, Jim, I, I just want to – that's an outstanding point that I want to everybody to hear because a lot of times pastors who don't hear criticism think then they deceive themselves to think, I must be doing everything pretty well. Right. It could be that P, you're not approachable right. and people, people don't are come afraid. to you. you just think, that's something I just want to highlight in what you just said that's really helpful. Yeah, because if you stand up in church and you start saying, you know, well, oh, there are people that will always criticizing their pastors, you know, you, you're creating an ethos of, of intimidation. Yeah, so that's you, right. You, you, so you want to make and it you're that not, people aren't going to come right, to you. If, you never, if you've never owned sin, confessed sin publicly, people don't believe you when you talk about weakness and, right. and all of the rest and that, that you know you fail. And, you know, you can do that in a way that sounds pathetic and everybody feels sorry for you so they won't come and talk to you either because right. they think you're so delicate, you know. So there's, you know, that balance. So I think that's the first thing. You need to develop a, a, approachability. I think secondly, you need to consider the source. Right. Uh, who Good. it is? Who yep. it is? Who's saying? Is this friend or foe? Is this really somebody? Is this somebody who understands really what's going on? Right. You know what's the and then thirdly, not just the source, but you need to consider the material of what is being said. Right. And Brian, what I would encourage in that regard is is that you have. You have a willingness to have open discussions with other people, and so that means that maybe I would come to you and I'd say, "Hey, brother, uh, so and so has said this about me. Uh, what do you think?" I mean, you know me, or to say to my wife, "I got to be careful with that too," but you know, because I don't want my wife, because you know, wives, yeah. wives can be your greatest critic in certain ways, and, and rightly so, but also your most fierce and defender, fierce defender. Like right? I can criticize him, but you can't, yeah. you know, sort of a thing, yeah. you know. That's so. Right. Um, but maybe talk to your fellow elders and then maybe invite the inspection of others and even have the willingness to say to this brother or sister or couple or whatever that have a problem with you, would you be willing to sit down with me and some other elders from other churches uh, and, 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 and let's evaluate this because honestly, I, I, I'm struggling to find out what's true and what's right here. Uh, and my natural inclination is to say, I think you're wrong, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be proud in this or again, simply accept everything and make it a club with which I beat myself. Right. So I'm trying to evaluate. And and so is this right? Is it wrong? And then, you know, what's the level of alarm with it? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because maybe if, you know, if you are consistently incompetent in shepherding, Maybe you ought not to be a shepherd. You know, it doesn't mean you're not godly. It doesn't mean you're not earnest. But maybe you know you have to. You do have to evaluate that. And you want and you want to know that. But you don't want it to be on the basis of one or two people or three. You know, that are constantly criticizing you. Well, and I think that's the important thing to hear in that too is that what I watch a lot of pastors do is they they get criticism from two or three people. It stings so much that they that they somehow were criticized in their not being there or not doing enough. And they allow that critic to define their ministry, and right. they forget the thirty or forty other people who would praise them that they, they were there right. and you're with them. So, sure, I, it's, I think the the balance of the, you know processing everything you mentioned is really, I think, important and helpful. But I think you also have to balance the uh, the criticisms with the encouragements. Right. To get the clarity that you're talking about. So go to others to get the clarity is certainly one place. But the others, you just have to evaluate on 
we're easy, it's easy to listen to the criticism and just focus there. I know tons of pastors who don't know how to actually process and receive a word of encouragement as, as life-giving to them. They only right. focus on what people are saying right. bad about them. And, and if, if you're listening to this and you're aware that you do that and that you don't know how to process encouragement, that actually is really important for you to know how you're then dealing with criticism. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are men who are just completely undone, right? They 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 get criticized, and that and they are so upset by that criticism that they make what maybe would have been a molehill, right, into this huge mountain, exactly. And right. and and rather than <clears throat> saying to somebody else, again, saying to an older pastor, "Hey, listen, somebody in the church has come to me, and they've not, you know, they're uh, how do I evaluate that?" Rather than I have to, you know, it's DEFCON 4, right. and this is the battle of my ministry, and Satan's attacking. It's like, no, you were just told you preached too long. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, and maybe right. you, you, need, and you need other that. people around you to help right. give that perspective. So, right. Jim, let's let's end with maybe one or two practical helps. What is Give something that pastors listening to this, what was, what's been helpful for you and that you think would be helpful to them as to process, to help them process criticism? Just from a practical standpoint, one or two things maybe. Right. Well, I think you, you had to begin with your 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 whole identity in Christ. You have to find your security there, so that you're not just completely yeah, overwhelmed that's right. with that's right. with this. Uh, it, this it, it God God loves you the same. I think secondly, you need to cast your burdens on the Lord. You need to make it a matter of introspection and prayer, and like Hezekiah laid out. Uh, that letter, that horrible letter that he received uh, in the presence of God. Take it, take your criticism, lay it out before God. Yeah. Uh, seek the evaluation of people outside of yourself. I think that's one of the most important things. Yeah, that, that's right. And then I would also say, be thankful. If, if, if they give a criticism, 90% of, of, of it is invalid at the end, but 10% is true. Embrace that 10%. Mm-hmm. And even and perhaps even go and thank them and say, you know, I think you know that's a valid point, and thank you that that's helpful to me, and I want to repent of that, and I appreciate, I am thankful because I want to shepherd these people better, and you've helped me to do that. Yeah. I think that that's right. I think it's righteous. It also it, it can help build affection between somebody who who may have thought. You know, this guy's maybe, if he does listen, maybe he does have a heart of wisdom mm-hmm. and wants to learn. Yeah, that's good. A couple of quick things I will mention is is the first thing, and it kind of goes back to you mentioning being having your identity in Christ, that you, that you become aware of whether you allow a criticism to speak to your core value. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times when we hear a criticism and our reaction is, I am a failure, and I shouldn't mm-hmm. even do this. Mm-hmm. is is an overreaction. Yeah. But what the reason we overreact that way, in my experience, has been because we allow that person to speak to a core value that is mm-hmm. rooted in Christ and mm-hmm. our identity in mm-hmm. Christ. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would mention is you you talked about welcoming other people to to you know speak criticism and, and words of instruction to you. I'd even would say take it a step further and create groups at times that you surround yourself with and and have open conversations about how you can grow and let the other men who and women whoever would be in that room to to grow from whatever comments make so for as an example we've done this in almost the entire time I've I've been at Auburndale and this was came out of me wanting to grow as a preacher mm. out of those criticisms even and that's 
we would get a group of people together, small group of people, and they would give me feedback on the sermon as we're all sitting there together. Mm. They can say whatever they want. Right. It's open ended. We be kind, but like, you know, say right. whatever you want. Right. And what ended up happening for the last decade and a half is it created this environment for young preachers to learn from each other mm. in the way that they were speaking to me about criticisms right. and encouragements. So that that's a moment for them to encourage me in the sermon. It's a moment for me to tell me what I needed to maybe I can work on to grow in. Other than preaching every week, week in and week out, that group that has spoken criticism and instruction and encouragement to me about my sermon, specific things, has been the most important way in, to help me to, to grow as a preacher. Amen. So, Jim, as, as we wrap this up, will you pray for pastors listening to this? I think the key, the last word on this for me is that as you're listening to this, don't let criticisms come and they bounce off and you don't take the time to evaluate what happens in your own soul when you hear a hard criticism and it does something to you emotionally. Be aware of what's happening there and try to evaluate. That's how you're going to grow and learn how to to receive it in a way that's going to be most helpful to you. So, Jim, will you pray for yeah. pastors to receive, to learn how to receive criticisms well in a way that will help them be more like Jesus? Amen. Right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that your love is unshakable, and whether we succeed or fail in our calling, ultimately we are still in your grip, and nothing can separate us from your love in Christ. We do pray, Father, that we would receive, uh, be those wise in heart that receive criticism and can receive rebuke, that we would not put up walls that we would not angrily defend ourselves, that we would not uh, publicly uh, dismiss any and every criticism. Uh, Father, we do pray that our people would love us enough uh, to help us to be better shepherds and uh, that we would wisely receive and evaluate uh, these matters, as Brother has said, that we might be more like your son. We ask this in his name. Amen. Amen.